Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. Hey everyone, Sean here with a quick note. As you can imagine, there's so much to cover with Westworld Season 1. Uh, we had to do this in two parts. Uh, we also got interrupted in our first recording. And so uh, what you'll hear is part one of our conversation that fits within an hour. And then part two will also be within an hour. And uh, we also uh, weave in and out uh, two pieces of recording for this part one. So if you hear that, that is what that is. Don't be alarmed. Um, we do kind of pick up where we left off uh, in separate days of recording. With that note, enjoy. Welcome back to Black Cap Recap. Today we're covering Westworld Season 1. This is Sean McCannley. I just finished the show, uh, or the season, recently. Binge-watched it over the last about week. Um, I think Aaron has seen all three seasons. Yes, I have. Uh, Don't know how how recently that was. Is it still fresh enough in your memory, you think, that you could, like, it's... Indelibly, season all, one. Yeah. Oh, I've watched it multiple oh, times. Oh, okay. Then, okay. It's burned into my brain. <laughs> You'll never it's forget the it. Star Wars. It's the TV version of Star okay. Wars for me. All right. So yeah, we just, we just, I just finished it. It's basically he has it memorized. It, um, it's got a lot of content and themes that are right up the alley of this channel and right up our alleys in, as kind of stuff we like to think and talk about. And so, uh, we hope this is a interesting kind of peek into our. Uh, dynamic here and hopefully if you've seen it you have some of these similar thoughts questions concerns (laughs) Uh, so obviously heavy spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the show uh, please don't listen to this episode unless you want to be spoiled Uh, we go into full detail here Um, I'll do my best to do a quick I guess not even synopsis just like general context of what the show is structurally about and then we'll get into like I mean there's you could spend two hours just trying to get the plot down <laughs> but like it takes place in an undisclosed perhaps future time frame in which there's this park called Westworld which is like a live action video game in a sense that the rich and powerful can go play in this playground um, of robots like androids or I guess they're full on robots they look like humans and they've gotten better and better at becoming more looking and acting like humans and that's part of like the point of it is that they're trying to make these uh, things be more real, realistic, uh, so it's like this fully immersive experience. And just like a video game, like Grand Theft Auto or something, it is like the the guests can do anything to these characters, but they're trying to follow like a plot line, like a narrative, or like a like follow a quest, right? They're like quested to do something, and they're supposed to like kind of go along with it, like a live action role play kind of thing. Um, but you can like these people can let's say interact with these <laughs> these hosts, they're called in any way, sexually, physically violently like however they kind of want to and there's no consequences for it it's like a place to kind of what is like their slogan like a place where you can truly be free or a truly kind of oh I, like yeah. the west world is like little when you're walking in or whatever they give you like the spiel right um so it it is a yeah it's, it's kind of like so it's jurassic park meets um i don't know like blade runner meets uh would be another like layer lost Jurassic Park meets Blade Runner meets I think what's that one one movie with Will Smith yeah I I robot Robot. I guess yeah so it's like in the theme of yeah robotics artificial intelligence consciousness 
sentience kind of that that's a major theme obviously it's um, it, it is the show i think capt it, it it casts such a wide mm-hmm. net yeah i mean you could ca- you could launch into i mean it, it captures yeah so many different themes or topics or or trends or whatever you want to call it it's very hard to say the yeah. show is about this but yeah. the show is about a park yeah, rich that's the setting. And interact with the very lifelike the robots. And the a couple of the like MacGuffins would be like the maze, right? Design the maze, like what is the maze? That's something that's like driving certain characters the whole time. Um, and generally, like the initial MacGuffin, I guess, is like they did this char- it's like a personality update to the hosts or certain hosts to give them what's called reveries, which are like almost like implanted memories which is the basis of uh, actions that they take it's like another way to make them be a little more realistic it gives so them they, it gives them a it gives them a backstory yeah so like that would cause them to well i guess from from the perspective of 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 um ford yeah his reasoning was that that was his way of, I guess, in a sense, validating what Bernard believed, which was that these hosts could become conscious, yeah. and that by giving them these, giving them the ability to remember mm-hmm. or have a memory, that that would set them free, right? It would, it would yeah. So, like, so Robert Ford is the is the John Hammond, right? The founder of the park, and Bernard is his partner yeah. at the time originally, uh, which I was looking at various timelines. Like there was apparently like some production thing on a website that had like a timestamp on a on a security camera it, that said like twenty fifty two or something. So that means like the past or whatever takes place in like twenty fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and then like thirty plus years later is like the present is the day story. story. Um, so yeah, so like in the past. It was founded with his partner, Bernard, and they had a disagreement, I guess. Like, Bernard was trying to, like, he was trying to delay the opening of the park because he felt like it wasn't, they wrote the, the hosts weren't ready yet. Like, their consciousness wasn't there yet, or he was trying to get them more conscious well, of Bernard, themselves. Bernard believed that they were alive. Yeah, and for and he was against yeah. opening the park because he believed that that would be inhumane right. towards the hosts. Yes, but Ford at the time was more, like, like more like this is I am a god these are my creations they I get to do what I get to control them they do what I want they're not alive they're they're no more alive than the animatronics at Disney World or or like or Woody or Buzz who are these computer, <laughs> you know what I mean like they are a creation of a creator right. and they are they are separate independent they're not even a different class of being like they are no more alive than or no more sentient than an ant or a animal Right. As far as we understand, that, that is the central. That's like his initial. That's what we understand is conflict. his. Yeah, yeah. So we understand that that is, that is, given to us as Robert Ford's view against Bernard's view, until the very in, in the past. Yes, and then in the near the end, it seems to be revealed that like Ford realized that Bernard was correct yes. back then, and it has taken steps to rectify that correct <laughs> to very interesting ends 
Um, and so <laughs> I don't even know how we I mean, like. How I would we, say <laughs> that I would say that in my interpretation, which is what I was trying to ask you about your interpretation. My interpretation of the, if you look at the speech, not just the speech that that Ford actually gives at the very end of the yeah. finale, but at the conversation that he has in the church. Yeah. Um, he is he has actually gone from mm -hmm. these things are not alive to I'm going to launch their reign on the earth. Yeah, like he goes from they are less they're not even they're in the same classification as animals, if that, to they are the next step in Iteration evolution of, humanity. of yes. humanity or what we would call like whatever's beyond humanity. And like there's a, amazing like f drops of hints and foreshadowing throughout the whole series about that. And like the one that sticks with me is in, he he's talking to somebody and he's like, like do you know what we did to to the Neanderthals? We he's ate them. To Bernard. Well, he's talking like to Homo sapiens ate the Neanderthals, implying like the. I gotta remember what I like, the these these new creatures these new like beyond humans where like I want uh, proto humans would be before humans. So I don't know what you call like a post human like a post human. Like a host who's achieved sentience and is beyond humans in their cognitive abilities and like their ability to like manipulate their code or whatever, uh, like this like symbiosis or merger of technology and biology, I guess, because they are in some way biological. I, I guess it's like synthetic bone and skin. They don't have like functioning organs that like need to be fed and need you know what I mean like in that way they're beyond human. Like they don't. They just right. need a, I supposedly a power source, I guess. Like they didn't really get into what makes these yeah, things tick. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's like what's the computer and like the the important thing to the framing of it is not so much to give you a deeply scientific right. justification for why these are mm -hmm. humans or how they work. Yeah. of humans, as much as to raise the question of the question of sentient. Yeah, what artificial is intelligence. Yeah. What is and sentence? if you have something like that, what, the fact that they look particularly human and mm -hmm. are are you know largely functionally human is, I think, secondary. I think it drives home the fact yeah. their embodiment is drives home the fact that there's a consciousness, right? Yeah, because you could put that coding if in any a physical construct, right? I guess is what they're saying. Like their right. soul, as it were, is the code base, right? And you I have to keep thinking about because there's season two and three. Okay, because like they're in they're in like this human vessel, right? Like a oh, like goodness. God made man in his own image, so man has made this thing in its own image, but it has this consciousness separate from. It's created. Well, I think, I think and so the, the form could be something else. Some, it doesn't have to be a human-looking form. It could be the, put the, it in a dog. You could put it in a. The ant. purposes in the in in the show, right? The, the the original intention was to create this playground for the rich and famous. Yes. So it was the, to live the, out the their robotic, the, 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 the desire to create this as human as possible appearing and functioning mm -hmm. robot. For the was, was yeah was yes. like this is to make it realistic. Yes, but so that you could course, like immersively be in an old Western setting and like get to live out your cowboy fantasies, right? Without any consequences, without actually hurting anyone, quote unquote. What anyone like any you're not hurting people, quote unquote. And like I guess right. guests can't hurt each other, and the hosts cannot harm the guests. That's like their prime directive, right. which they they give up right away. I, I realize like in the in the finale or the. First episode, she kills the fly, 
which apparently I guess isn't a synthetic fly. It's like a real fly. Yes. So is. like she, you already know that she at least is capable of harming a living thing, a living thing. which right. is not the rules. Right. So like something's up with her already with right. Dolores. So Dolores is like the first one or yes. one of the very early models and you see her. She is the first. So she's the first and she, you see her without her skin on and she is more like a robot look. And then later on they do this more like synthetic bone and sinew and muscle right. thing like grown in the milk or whatever. Or like laser printed basically, or 3D printed. Right. But uh, she is like more like what we would consider like a droid looking thing with skin on. Like her, on her underneath, underneath her is like right. more robotic looking. So like right. if you cut her open or whatever, you can tell that she's not human, which I guess that means the other, the newer models, if you like gutted it, like they would have synthetic guts come out, or you'd have like, like a bone if you cut the hand. Like something, look, something like more... you would not be able to tell it's not a human being. Is right. the point? That's what they're trying to go for. Is like right. you can very viscerally kill one of these things and feel like you killed a human because that's part of the experience. Right. And it's like the question. Mind. The question of the show is: if you create something that simulates that so perfectly are they actually experiencing it right are the the, the person receive like the the, the being the host. being yeah the, the host, host is yeah. programmed to feel pain right or at least express, express it. it yeah well or yeah. like it it, I mean, it it takes sensory input and knows then from the algorithm to do the output of the pain expression but like is that the same as how is that any different than our nerves right. going oh hot Ouch, hurt, if I, flinch, if I, pain, crying. If like, I essentially aren't we the same thing? If I essentially make a replica yeah. of the human experience of suffering. Yeah. Is that not the same thing? Is is it conscious? And I yeah, yeah. I think that I think that I think that that's not really actually I think honestly, I think at the end of the day, as much as that's a fascinating subject to talk about and it mm-hmm. informs the show, I think the show is supposed to be more of a mirror. Yeah. Of just like, what does it mean for us to be human? Yeah. These things are not alive. So on that point, like... The Robots f- aren't alive. The, like the moral of the story, I guess, is like the... There's the pyramid. Well, it was started as a pyramid, a pyramid of consciousness or whatever, of memory, uh, improvis- improvisation, self-interest. And then the fourth peak, Ford didn't have that figured out yet, but Bernard did. And that fourth piece, which instead of a pyramid is the realization that Bernard had is that it is that concentric circle inward of the maze and that every decision you make either spirals you outwards away from the center or towards the center and then the center is suffering like suffering is integral suffering consciousness suffering is is integral to consciousness and suffering is defined by Ford as like the realization that things are not the way they should be, right? Like the dissonance between how things are and how things ought to be, which comes from the self, like you have your self-interest, like self-interest being here's how I want things to be. And you've learned how they should be because you've remembered times like you do this and then this happens and that goes in your memory bank. So it's an improvisational stage. Like you're trying different things and learning from it. So improvisation and memory have to go together. Which is you don't why learn anything. You're just a robot. Like you're just the animatronic doing the same motion over and over, right. and like not learning. So like, those are the two rudimentary layers of like Which what is we why call Ford intelligence. Secretly, initially, yeah, allowed the reveries because yes. he came to the conclusion that Bernard did, which yeah. is that they need to go towards that. That center. would complete the journey towards consciousness, and that I think Ford ultimately, in the end, is. Uh, 
decidedly, I don't want to say anti-human, but he's kind of resigned to the fact yeah. that humanity has run its oh, course. Oh, he gave several times, he, what was the one quote where he was like, he was like, um, something like you give us, like you give us, we're only human, or like you you put far too much trust in us, in us, we're only human. Like he, he he's like, he's kind of writing off humanity to the hosts yes. as like, you got to keep running because like we are not worthy of, yeah, of inheriting the rest of history anymore. Like we've forfeited he's, he's because seen, he's seen for he's, thirty plus years. Like he's humanity. kind of like he's kind of like moving out of the way, yeah, to allow the next stage of evolution, like, yeah, like to, as we know to it, take its course, yeah, because and he's he, seen like the like this is a place where humans like get to do every horrible thing that's in the heart of hurts. And when they don't think there's consequences to it like that so that's like the whole other dimension is like if somebody does things that they would never do to what they believe is a living thing and they'll do it to something that's not like if you punch a hole through a wall is that a moral act event in any way but if you punch a hole through someone's face you'd be like well that's immoral perhaps unless they're like like if that's where ethics comes in it's like on what conditions is it moral or immoral to punch someone through the face but like no one debates that about punching through a wall or something inanimate um, well I think I think that and this is kind of in the middle of those two things the, I guess the park is presented to the customer mm-hmm. and the hosts are presented to the customer as they're robots yeah what you do to them is not morally yeah. There's no moral. Because every time you come to this park, you see Dolores doing the same thing in the morning. She goes to the horse and drops the thing, and like you get like this it's is just, just like a video game. You come next, replay yeah, the video game, and like next, nobody cares what happens. Are you to the immoral if you go into a video game and yeah, if you play Grand Theft Auto on Rampage mode or whatever, right. and like go kill everyone and kill the strippers and everybody drive knows over the people. No one that, that if, not, if if that meant that that's how people are in real life, we'd have chaos. But people do think that's why people don't like those violent video games because they're like it gives you it like stokes that part of our soul that shouldn't be stoked that shouldn't be encouraged like it encourages yeah. the vice versus virtue right it doesn't foster at best it doesn't it's time not spent fostering virtue it is idle time fostering sure. a vice and like stoking up desires of like lust and anger and malice and rage and like all the deadly sins are all in GTA that's the point of the game is like you get to like. Sure. Play the play play out all these fantasies is in a safe way, quote unquote. But they're like that psychologically harms you. It's not harmless. But to to say. say to the, the, to me, at least in my opinion, like there's been no s- significant evidence and no significant manifestation that that causes significant crossover into the real yeah. world. Yeah. So like. I think it's just a, because the Columbine shooters played Doom doesn't mean everybody who plays Doom goes and shoots a school up. It doesn't right? mean that ninety nine percent. Yeah, them it's like go literally that's why we call it an outlier, right? There's no correlation there. It is just no. statistically going to happen that if you have a, a game that sells a hundred million copies, that every kid who's fifteen is a boy in nineteen ninety nine is playing this video game, like you're going to have people, a school shooter in there, right? Most of the <laughs> there's going to be a school. Sh- most yeah. of the people who sit home and play those video games for any are are probably socially awkward incredibly shy and very not assertive and yeah. would never manifest that behavior yep 
because um, they're awkwardly doing something very passive, like you're just barely moving your fingers around, and but yeah, your mind is doing something very engaging, and then on the screen is very active happenings, like very obviously lots of violence in this, but like. It's a weird combination of like you're it's, not doing anything, but you're doing a lot. It's very similar to the people who used to argue that, at least in my opinion, we used to argue that you know exposure to pornography causes violent sexual crime. Yeah, like turns into a sexual predator. If that's that were what true, face said it if that were bed. true in mm-hmm. the '70s and '80s, yeah, we should have such an outbreak <laughs> yeah. of rape and violent sexual crime right now. That we would not be able yeah. to function as a society, yeah. because we have be, ramped up exposure yeah. to pornography by a trillion billion million. Mm-hmm. And while I think there are people who there isn't, I do believe that there may yeah. have been a slight uptick in some of that behavior, or maybe we're just paying closer attention. Mm-hmm. But there's n- there's no just. I think yeah. the, I think the point of Westworld is is you know in in the show. I think it's kind of you know it's an eat the rich genre. It's like it's like yeah. these people were assholes before they yeah, got you're here. You're never they're and assholes. All of the now. hosts you're like or the the guests you're like not like oh I hope that they're okay. I hope that they turn out. You're like look at this asshole over here like yeah. molesting or like just just like like oh I'm just I'm bored. I'm gonna shoot the I'm gonna shoot the shoot up the room because I'm bored now. Or like uh, his friend William's friend or his his soon to be brother in law is a big asshole. But he probably right. is like that in real life too. No, he that's was. The point, right? The so point is, like, yeah, he was a dick. Yes, he was a bro. He was yeah. a chat. He's there to like there. yes. He's there to like let then he's there to like booze and and, and do it even up. more. Yeah. And the question isn't to me. I never was really too concerned with the question of. The morality of doing that to a robot, as much as the question of because in in the in the context, those people aren't really doing anything wrong. They're not the finest people. They know it's not real, right? Or they're they're, or they're convincing the fact themselves. That, the that, fact that the, yeah. the hosts eventually become conscious. Yeah. Now, if you were to, if you were to come in and and guests were to say say, well, we just got to tell you before you you come in that these hosts are actually. They're going to remember Conscious, everything you do to And them. they are experiencing this in real time, but you can still do what you want. Yeah, because they won't remember tomorrow. Then it would be like, think. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think that's... I mean, it's kind of like this, like the, whatever, like the philosophy 101 thought experiment or ethics class in college. It's like, if, it's like, I guess you could call it the Bill Cosby experiment, right? If you could, if you could uh, do anything you want to somebody and then give them a pill and they'll wake up tomorrow without any physical... Emotional, spiritual, like with basically no erase whatever you did to them. Right. Like, would you do it uh, if there were no consequence to it? Because that's kind of the that's the point of the the structure of the story is like this is with a synthetic being, but it's like the idea of is it wrong if you can erase the consequences? Right. Um, that's just yeah, it's very interesting. So I, I have to before we I, yeah I, I just want to like so so I know that you just watched the finale last night. So my my two questions are. Number one, did you did you figure out the man in black being William? So yeah, so like I was, I was this show was the most confusing thing I've ever watched. Where I was like, I I was like I'm not sure I'm following what's going on, but I'm also like I think that's the point, and I think that's okay. Yes. And then it all was coming together brilliantly, like in the last two episodes, really. Uh, like I thought episode nine was just fantastic. I mean, the finale was great too, but like nine was just like out out of this park. Like there was things that I had to like pause and like rewatch and like 
did I hear that right? Like, and anytime Anthony Hopkins is on screen, right. I am paying, <laughs> that guy is like one of the, I think he's one of the best actors ever. Oh, he is. He, he's just so enthralling and yeah. such a perfect pick for this role. Um, so I didn't, uh, I did not, I, I was like, there's something going on with this narrative because it's presented as like, it's all happening at the same time. Right. But it's that when the, when you take it at face value, it's so confusing and you're like, I don't understand like what is going on. But then the reveal that like William's plot with Dolores, when they're together, that is 30 years in the past. Right. And he <laughs> is the man in black. Right. As Ed Harris, as the old man in right. black. And that whole thing is late, is present day, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, so when Man in Black is with Dolores, she doesn't so know that's William until he kind of makes the connection or right. he helps her with that. And like when she's off doing her own thing without him, that is her in either in between or right after her time with William or just some other time in between these two things, like retracing, following these memories and following this voice because like they're plant, they're implanted with this voice of, I guess Bernard at first, but like the point is like the deeper she goes into the center of the maze, which every like so William Man in Black thinks it's like the last like the last level of the game. Like he's like this is I, I'm like 99 in this game and like I need to get to 100 and like the last quest is this maze thing. Like I need to find it. That's what he's trying to do. But like they, and he keeps getting told like this is not for you. The maze <laughs> is for the right. And the maze was like Bernard's like Death Star trap, right? Death Star weakness that he put in the thing. Of like it is the way for the for the host to find their consciousness and their sentient sentience, and like it turns out that their voice, they're not like they start with listening and they hear this like ambiguous voice, but like at the end you have that reveal where it's like it is Ford, Bernard, and Dolores's voice all layered on top of each other and it's a mess, and then they separate the audio at the moment and she realizes like it's her it, own. It was her voice like, the whole yes, time. Yes, like she her like memories of all the times. Have taken her and like the key is the trauma like the suffering right it like cements that in her being and that is her like north star that's pulling her into the middle of her and like awakening her consciousness right. so like you cannot have, she wakes up to at right. the end of the episode so, like you the, cannot have consciousness or being without suffering i guess or like right that that, that like the it's, yeah. it's integral to the quote-unquote human experience right and it's, it's others what, can participate in that human experience, right? Even if they're not initially human. <laughs> That's what makes them human is they remember the suffering they have had and then take and, ownership and of it. they're formed. Their, yeah. their identity is forged yeah. through the, ex- yes. the memory yeah. of the experience. And learning from it and growing from right. it, I guess. So, like, yeah, I did not... But the, it's just, masterfully presented to you right. as this confusing <laughs> plot... We were yes. like, I don't understand what's going on. It was like lost in that way. We were like, what's going on? It's like lost at the flash forwards, flashbacks. Like, what is this hatch? What are these numbers? And like, so that, like the J.J. Abrams mystery box was was prevalent. But like, he's finally, like he's mastered over a couple of different shows. He's like, this is his like masterpiece. Of, well, this was, right? I think that, I think the of credit like, goes much more to uh, Nolan. And, yeah, and not, uh, not Christopher Nolan, the brother. His right? brother. Yeah. Uh, who did the premiere wife. Yeah, are the are really? Yeah. I think Abrams is more the production side. Okay. Yeah, but like they're the showrunners and the creative. So there's all these like Easter eggs or like these like plot threads that don't seem connected, and then yeah, they just masterfully. Well, you're me- meaningfully getting three 
three timelines simultaneously. Yeah. Like the pre-park stuff. Yes. The, the 30 years ago stuff and the present day right. stuff. Yeah. And most of the time, for most people, like me and you, I'm not picking up on the clues that were yeah. clearly there. Yeah, now I'm like, oh, Bernard has different outfits on, and like one is like his modern outfit as Bernard the, well, Bernard, you, the robot even, versus like Arnold the... Because like Bernard and Arnold are the same... Well, like Bernard was made by Ford on Arnold's like body type. Like he is a clone or whatever. Right. Of, and he doesn't know he's... <laughs> that's the Blade Runner part. He doesn't know he's like one of these guys. And like two or three times he has to like have that realization because like the first time I guess he like goes back to sleep and forgets and like it, like it gets reset so he like relearns it when Maeve tells him or figure, helps him figure it out right. and even maybe that third time after he shoots himself then he comes like I guess he might still remember that point I, but my, I gotta say my favorite you gotta get into season the, two the yeah. LOLest part for me was when uh, they discover Bernard on the floor dead and like and then like Maeve tells him tells Felix the tech guy who's been dragged into this like kind of like reset him and he's like realizing that he's the thing and then he's like looking at himself like am I and she's like it's like get over yourself you're not one of them but like he's like who even am I am right, I one of these right, things too like right. just the existential crisis moment was just so great because that poor guy just like <laughs> he's trying to like he like he kind of identifies with me he like he cares for her in, a, in his own way just like if you were like a vet or like a zookeeper right you would like care for the animals in that way right, right. Like, like people who work t- tending for animals tend to like bond with them right so he like bonded in a way with this machine really um and the other guy was more like uh sylvester whoever was just more of the asshole about it and then there's the people who are like sadistic about it like they're in it because they want to like have sex with the robots right off, the off one, script like so like they're all over the place which is right. true of like any workforce right you got people who care about it people who like trash the equipment or whatever um and like yeah so this felix guy bonds with Maeve, and she kind of he helps her until she kind of surpasses him and then she manipulates him into like maxing out all her stats and then she is like god in god mode playing the game in god mode right or she's playing it in like yeah like cheat code mode where she can like do all the the cheats (laughs) and then she's got him wrapped around his finger because he just is like oh i don't want to die and i don't want to like get fired or whatever so like for some reason he helps her with all these things um all right so Maeve was uh following her script or she thought she was running her own show of being defiant and rebelling and changing her stats and this and that. But right. then Bernard showed her, her that she's actually following a narrative that was given to her probably by Ford or somebody. Yes. And it ends with uh, mainland infiltration. And she gets all the way to the point of getting on the train with the bag of code or with data. Like, because the Ford was prohibited or Ford made sure that the data in the park stayed in the parks. It was like a closed airtight system. But the Delos Corporation, or the board, the corporation that runs the place, uh, want wanted, for some reason, they want this technology out of the park, maybe for military or some other application beyond this park. <laughs> I <laughs> we'll hate see. doing this with you, and I can't... But I, yeah. <laughs> I, we can only guess in season one why they would want that, but it makes sense that they would, right? If you're the board of this corporation, it's like, it's a valuable IP, obviously. Right. And you want it for more than just animatronics at Disney World, you want it for like animatronics in the military. <laughs> um, so they use her to sneak out. I guess she's like sneaking out that stuff because 
uh, Felix is like, here's the bag of stuff you asked me to get you, which I presume is, well, I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. I guess I thought that that was the code that she's sneaking out either inadvertently or on purpose where she's going off to like foster the revolution outside, but like who is all out there, right? If all of these robots and hosts are only in this park, what is she even doing out there? Who, who's she going to talk to out there? Or is she just going to be the one? I don't know. Like, what's the plan? Well, what I, was think, the plan I, to think, get out? I think, I think. Or is that part of the coding? Like, if the, if the narrative was mainland infiltration, was there, like, something she was supposed to do that Ford wanted her to do out, out in the real world, right? Was that part of his plan of, like, you're going to go eat everyone. <laughs> you're going to go kill all the humans and, and then so here's, all the other. Here's my. I guess she let out, like, the cooler, the freezer of, of retired hosts. Like, she, the, the Hector and Armistice like fighting and stuff was all to get all the security over there as a distraction to get all the hosts out of the freezer show up at the gala and kill all the supposedly or we saw Ford get shot and we saw we die head in head and we saw William get hit in the arm and he was kind of like like what I just like him he's like now this is the game I wanted like the whole time because that's what his whole deal seems to be like he's like this is boring I'm bored of this because he so William like it turns out, yeah, this, the timeline is that William uh, is the man in black and that we learn over time that he's become wealthy, become a majority shareholder of this place, and he's like, I'm on vacation, don't bother me. <laughs> like This is how he does his vacation, is he is appearing to be a sadist, but in reality what he's doing is basically like he's like leveling up Dolores th- through all of this time. He's like inflicting all this trauma and all this uh, suffering on her right. so that she gets – like he's, she's, he's trying to help her – Become self aware, do you think? Do you think he's like leveling her up so that she can I don't think he's activate aware of that at all. You think he's just sadistic on her? I think because he like is mad at her because like when he he thought she was real, he was convinced she was real, and then she sees him or he sees her like do the script of picking up the thing with that other schmuck right at the end and he's like that's when he's like dons the hat and he's like, Okay, I was wrong. These these things really are just machines or whatever, and like he's just off the rails that way like psychically where he's just he's I think what's he going on with him what's going on with him and Ford like they had that really cool conversation in that bar right right. that was like a double God God versus Satan kind of moment or whatever like there was a lot going on there that I still understand I don't think I have my head wrapped around I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain this conversation (laughs) as if I haven't watched the last the next two seasons but I think that with with regards to um Maeve's situation. So I think it, it's clear what's clear to me in the in the in the context of the story is that um Ford's Ford's big big picture and kind of like goal mm-hmm. is to free the hosts mm-hmm. and release them out into the real world or at least give them a chance yeah to get out into the real world which we don't know what the real world like at least in season one like what is the status of the world is it is like because like there was a theory or whatever that like Ford is the last human being and everyone else in this park is a host and he's just like no he's like it's like the reverse of the Garden of Eden where like he's the only 
being left and everyone everything else is his plaything creation and he's just like that's running a theory out the about clock. season one yeah i think it was before the premiere or before oh, the finale okay. like that was like a running theory for a while is that yeah. like he's like the last human and he's just like playing with toys the whole time and like the reveal so, is that like he's the last human on earth and he's just like running out the clock <laughs> so again without without if I, if if we if we assume if i had this conversation without knowing season two and three you can still conclude that based on that line of code where he says, where he's basically like he, he was, his goal was to get Maeve out yeah. into the real world Maybe. as a, as a precursor to eventually, right? Like, like there was no way he was just going to put all the hosts in a shipping container and plop them on the mainland. Yeah. So he, he did everything he could to, to, give them the opportunity to at least have their uprising in the park. Yeah. And and the next two seasons will play out like, okay, so what happens with yeah. that, right? Because she's the only one who got the bomb removed out of her cervical spine, right, in her lightest rebuild. And then, because, like, Hector couldn't go past the elevator at that one spot. Right. Either, like, physically or program- programmatically or whatever. And... Presumably, all of the deep freeze, all the deep freeze hosts like can't uh, get out of the park either. So like that's where I'm stuck. Where I'm like, if she's the only one who can get out, what is the plan? If yeah, you're gonna have an uprising in a park, but then they're stuck in the park, and it's like you right. just have like a ride so, on the bus. So they're stuck on the bus or whatever. So again, uh, but maybe she's I, not the I, only I, one who I can get so out. I just won't say. It. So so <laughs> maybe they're so just the end, they at the end of season one, that <laughs> is the question, right? Like, yeah. what's what the and the way season one ends is is it's like okay, what what happens now? Yeah, Ford's dead. Um, the hosts are alive. Mm-hmm. And at least the hosts in Westworld. Like they there's are, more parks. At least one more park. There's Samurai World or whatever Shogun World SW. Like we saw the Samurais. So like, is this contained to just the Westworld hosts, or is this like system wide to all the hosts at all the other parks? However many there are, there are. There's at least two. Is there also? Is there like underwater think, world? Is there like I think I think for, for the purposes what is of this conversation, it, it is it is um, the important thing is just to understand. I think that this is that was like Ford has no idea what's potentially going to happen. Right, and he's, he's okay with that. Yes, yes, he's just he is. He is facilitating. Yeah, he's a parent. He's like, they're free to the world. I right. like you're free to act. He's like, I time. have surrendered to yeah. the reality that this is the evolution of things. That was kind of like he left the and gun. He's let like, it. this is the gun you killed Arnold with, right. and I'm just going to leave this right here. Right, and you're going to decide what to do with it. And the question is, like, was that like a 3D chess? Like, did she actually decide to kill him, or was she? Was he also programming her to do that? Right. To so, him? so right? at the end of season one, that was the speculation. Yeah. So. I mean, if I were to say what I thought before I saw season two and three, then I and I, what I believed at the end of season one is that she had a choice to make, and she made the choice. And she's capable of making that choice to kill finally, which the yes. are not capable of making that choice. Well, that's what the debate was at the end of season yeah. one. Like, is she the only one that's awake? Yeah. Is, only, is yes. Maeve awake? Yeah. Are these other hosts awake, or are they just? You know, it seemed like like Hector and Armistice and the others like they're not like there's a hierarchy and they're not they're not as far along as Maeve and 
the wars are that the other hosts are kind of subservient to Maeve. Like Maeve's able to like do the narrative voice commands to the other hosts. Right. Right. She was playing one of those funny. Like when they she like finally beat the level of like the the safe heist, right? Or like she called off the sheriff. That and, like, is had one the other of two my, guys like kill each other. One of my favorite <laughs> And Hector's like, Whoa, I got the safe. This is awesome. Right. <laughs> one happened. of my favorite storylines. <laughs> one of my favorite like through lines of yeah. this is her relationship with Hector. Yeah, that's so great. And how she's like, Darling. Yeah. There is nothing in the safe. Like yeah. it's like and she's and she's trying to lead him to yeah. the realization, like, mm-hmm. dude, this is this is you're yeah. you're a you're a part of a story that doesn't even matter, but you know, and he's cold, he gets it, but he kind of doesn't. Like he's just like, well, I he's trust confused. you. Yeah, he like I trust you, but I don't understand yeah. what's happening. And I'm like, I'm with you, Hector. I, I got you. Right, I, I'm with you. Like I have no idea what's going on, but I'm I'm on I'm along for the ride. <laughs> but I don't know really good at what's going on. And I think that I think that <laughs> that is what is what is so brilliant about the show is that the question of whether the hosts are alive or sentient or whatever is so secondary to the fact that this is all of those questions are about us mm-hmm. it's about like what do i think is real yeah like what am i what do i think is you know what what am i chasing yeah in reality that is empty and I'm not actually, and I'm, and I'm following a script. Yeah. Well, this kind of came up in the expanse too, like the I, the philosophy or whatever the outlook called determinism, which is that like, uh, because our neural functions are a function of our like finite number of neurons in our brain, like physic, like physically, our, our choices are physically constrained in a physical universe. That by definition. Although we, no one person can know all possible permutations of that. Like there is a limit. There's a limit to the number of possibilities in the universe because there's a limit on the matter that those things exist in and are dependent on and result from. So like that, if you kind of buy that in, like it's a closed system, then like there is a fixed number of like choose your own adventure paths, right? Right. And And like... So that kind of like is free, like what we look, what appears to be free will is really pick your, pick your, choose your own adventure path. But the author already wrote the path you're going to, the door you're going to open. There's a path that's been determined for you in that door, but maybe like you get to decide which door, but like you don't get to make the path as you open the door. Like you don't even make it up as you go along. You're like following. Well, I think, I think, I think in the, in the context of the show that, so the the way that I parallel the sh- what the show is doing to to real life is that like just like with the host we are when we come into the world we are largely influenced by the scripts that come to us from our parents mm-hmm. from our from the schools from the religious institutions from the government from the nation whatever ultimately our sensory inputs right and yeah. those and those things shape us and for a period of time we don't really think too hard about Mm -hmm. like we kind of just do it yeah and then at some point what Richard Rohr calls the second half of life sometime in life usually something happens that usually suffering that blows that up Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out, well, wait, why was I doing that? Yeah. 
And then I your, might your go back and choose. I might still go back and choose to follow the same path, but now I'm doing it from a very conscious place, yeah. as opposed to right. from the show, right? It's like, well, this is your this is your. That's script. what Ford was this saying. Story in some dialogue, he was like, "We're no different than the host because, like, we follow." We follow the script. We follow without, the narrative. Without questioning. Without questioning it. We, like, we're no different. But what makes us free, right, is that we do, I, I believe, within the context of known reality, we do have choices to make. I don't know that the question is, do we have free will or not? The question is, are we functioning out of free will or mm-hmm. are we functioning out of a kind of more of a sleepwalking Yeah. You know, scripted. You know, well, there was that one part like Maeve when like she's like she is like I'm making these choices, but then they like flip they flip the screen around right. and like every word she's about to say right, comes is out. like getting picked out of like the possible like the permutations of the AI is like building as she's like once it's one step ahead of where right. her brain is and she's like seeing her brain working basically, which is like her red pill moment where she's like, right. maybe I'm not so in control because right. like this program. I'm being programmed like one the, the road is being built one step the staircase is one step ahead of where I'm climbing the staircase it's being built in front of me as I'm going right uh, or the plane is being built as I'm flying it this and, we, and we generally wouldn't like Maeve we would not want to know that, that would be a, that would be that moment where you're like to, to think yeah. that I'm like I, that I'm, I, actually, I'm in control no you're really not like you're actually being but that's what I'm saying with like determinism is like your choices are constrained by your environment your genetics your like all these like material factors really constrain your choices and like your path is actually quite like like you can't just be anything you want to be like i'm not going to play in the nba right right well we're like, limited by our stuff, right? genetics yeah we're, li- we're limited by our mortality yeah we're limited by genetics and biology and you're like and we're limited by yeah. by our socioeconomic our context right mm-hmm. so there are things that are predetermined but then there are things that we get to decide within mm-hmm. that and I think but just like the host like the host like follow their narrative script like it's like it's like bounded bounded choices like they, they maybe have some decision making within their narrative track that they're supposed to be on it's like right. Maeve can be the brothel owner and make executive decisions around which prostitutes sleep with which guess right and those are up to her but it's how she makes those decisions has been programmed for her right and she decides and like the guys in the control room aren't necessarily when a new guest walks in who's a real human they're not like knowing how it's going to unfold exactly but they like know that Maeve isn't going to pretend to be like a rancher or some other role in the park that she's not supposed to she's going to be right. the mistress Right, she's gonna be the the brothel owner lady. That's the role she plays. And Hector's gonna come in and be the bandit and not be a drunk bum on the side of the road. Like everyone has like their programmed role to play. Right. But they're like making choices within their boundaries of their playground that they've been set up. Right. And like but it's not known to any individual like how it's gonna unfold, especially when you add like an actual human with actual free will. It's like they don't know which guests are gonna like just decide to shoot somebody or just decide to do whatever. Right. It's like the the controllers don't know who what the whole but even the even the, the variable, right? And that's that's the interesting part of it, right? It's like it's like to think about the possibility that technology exists, like in an open world video game, mm-hmm. where 
the, the whole engine is reacting in real time to every little choice yeah. you make. And the technology does exist to create an environment where you as the player are, you know, the AI all around you is reacting in real time yeah. to everything you do within a certain context, right? Like yeah. there's certain things you can't do in even in an open world video game, right? Like it's just, Unless you like hack it or like yeah. break the code or whatever. But like, according to the coding that they set up, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah.